0: Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host and your dungeon master for this thrilling D&D adventure. Joining me here today we have...
1: Oh, I actually wasn't ready to start.
0: We're going on over isn't it? Um, I'm Daniel and I play Jeff Fleek. Uh-huh. What happens next in the
2: <laughs> in the intro, guys? It hasn't
0: been that long.
2: Waffle playing Jux.
3: I'm second. I play Fall rock We're all out of order, whatever.
4: Matt and I play Leyland and K Hall plays Desmond.
0: He he is <laughs> here. He's just being silly, and I'm afraid that this will <laughs> probably continue into the episode proper. We're back. Um, it's been two weeks since you last heard everybody, dear audience. It has been considerably longer since we have last played. I think it's like a month now but yes apologies for the the interruption of service i was on vacation and we were unable to record uh the week before i left because of illness and scheduling conflicts and other things uh so we ran out of our backlog and you have instead uh listens to hopefully the dm's corner but we're back now in a perfect Welcome world log baby yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in a perfect world, you'll never hear another DM's corner again unless you specifically ask for it. Um, that what if it's a big hit? If it's a big hit, I would love that because I had a blast doing it. It was fun. Um, as a consequence of our extended uh, hiatus there, and by hiatus I mean playing hiatus, not not necessarily you know uploads, we have five five fan letters. Oh, god. So, this is probably going to take up a good chunk of this episode. If you were here for, like, actual content, maybe we'll get to it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, just skip. Go to the next one. We haven't, um, we don't have enough of an influx of fan mail to dedicate like specific mailbag episodes so i feel obligated i guess we could split them up and like read some yeah. on hey, just do uh-huh. one or two now one or nope. two for the next
2: i'm episode. i want instant gratification <laughs> read them all let's go all right
0: uh we're gonna start with the first one here uh from platinum patreon member kenny Greetings, Foxglove, Jumpystem, and his misadventurers. Uh, Platinum Patreon member Kenny has a question for the podcast. What is each member's favorite fictional fae setting? And with there being uh, grim Celtic Irish settings that most are familiar with, do you have a preference of which fae you would rather deal with? Um, signed, Platinum, Patreon member Kenny. So, favorite mm. fae favorite setting, and do you have a preference of what sort of fae you would rather deal with?
2: Um, my top two are going to be, uh, the Kingkiller Chronicles. Um, I think oh the phase stuff there is very cool. Um, my other one is going to be, uh, kind of off kilter here, uh, during our usual stuff. Um, and it's going to be SCP-4000 oh my god otherwise known as taboo (laughs) Uh um i'm sorry uh really cool in that the fey in that one specifically are much much more interested in stealing names and the the whole area because of how it's laid out um if you refer to something by the same name more than once very very bad things begin to happen you can't name anything in that area and if you are tricked into doing so, problems arise, and I, I think it's a very, very cool uh, location. Uh-huh. As for the type fay, I would personally be most at home dealing with or find most useful, there's probably benevolent ones out there somewhere, right? Uh- maybe, maybe some like good-natured Faye. i I feel like there are stories out there where the Fae are mostly into like harmless pranks, and it's like, oh yeah, haha, you got me, you made me look silly, but I still have all my limbs. Lady Blossom Um, has been
5: from the (laughs) Dresden Files that does that. I was actually going to bring up Dresden.
0: Yeah, I would like to just as as a point of fact, Lady Blossom
2: has been nothing but kind and generous. Yeah, no, she's been great.
0: Yeah, that's
2: true. Oh, um, gonna add a third. We've done what she's wanted. (laughs) Gonna add a third fay to my list. Um, maybe it counts in your books. Maybe it doesn't. Artemis Fowl, the uh, the fay. Oh, that's yeah. That <laughs> um, was a
0: neat, a neat interpretation.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's their whole culture and their world and the logistics of living underground and everything. I thought it was just neat. I would want to deal with a fay that is, I don't know. I, I think rules oriented fay. There's a like a temptation there to be like oh yeah i could deal with a fae that strictly adheres to contracts and never lies but it's like no I, at some point i'm gonna slip up and it's gonna ruin my life so i would rather i would rather be on more even footing i think
0: uh-huh next anybody else are you, So are the just nature demons depends or on your setting i mean yeah sure if that's yeah. that's how you want to run it sure i haven't read a lot of
1: fantasy with fae or fairies in them um but as far as media goes i guess i like pan's labyrinth a lot which gives me fae vibes
0: yeah that's you guys ever
1: i'll allow it seen that um and then shannon really likes this series um the acronym for it is akatar it's like a chord of thorns and roses or something i am googling no, oh, um th- I think the first hit that comes up when you Google it is the question, Is Akatar appropriate? And it says, Not for children, but otherwise a fun fantasy series. A
0: Court of it's, Thorns and Roses by is, Sarah J. Moss. I think it's a smut series. It does the uh so, the Google review here or uh, says that it is the seductive first book in the New York Times best selling series.
4: Okay. Right. okay. Hmm. right on.
1: So, I might be doing it in a right. service, but that's, that's a I mean, that's a word that a lot of people who like that series use. Wikipedia
0: so. says the genre is fantasy.
2: Uh, I, yeah. I mean, well, I think the fay should be a little seductive. I, you know,
0: I, I am going to investigate this further because I've actually been craving like a new Fae-tinted series. So we'll see. Um, yes.
3: Well, as I was saying earlier, I really like the Dresden Files interpretation. Um, Having the the disparate courts that gain and lose power depending on the time of year is just very, very cool. Um, Also, their ability to uh, manipulate the truth in their wording is some of the better that I've read. Um, I don't want to give away spoilers, but there's a point where one of the Fae lies and it's literally like revealed as the last line of one of the books, and it just blew my mind absolutely. Um, as to what fate I kind of like to deal with, I I am like Falrock. I would like to not deal with them. Like I mean, sure, harmless pranksters, okay, all right, haha, ha, very funny guys. But like, fake pranks always go from harmless to harmful. Like
1: that. Like
3: I don't want to deal with them. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't say which my favorite was earlier. Um, Autumn. That was probably my favorite run-in with any of the courts or their seasons. Like, Autumn in the Alchemist Club setting? Oh, I I thought that Kenny's question was, which of the four no,
0: seasons... No, out of all fiction. Out of all fiction, out of all yeah.
1: Okay, I thought that it was a two-part question. Like, out of all fiction, what's your favorite Fae interpretation? And then he was like, what's your... I I
2: misunderstood. Which fay would we want to deal with being which of the four courts? They all kind of yeah. seem equally terrifying in the Alchemist Club. So, <laughs> well, I didn't know that
1: they had courts generally in in fay. It's um,
0: traditionally split into winter and summer, okay. sealy and unsealy. I may be mispronouncing that because it's Gaelic and I do not speak Gaelic. Like no,
3: I think I think that's right. Because um, that's it's how always... they read it in Amalur, at least.
0: Yeah, it's. Um... The she, like S-I-D-H-E, is yeah. pronounced nothing like it's spelled. So I'm like, I'm always a little leery of this. Um, any further contributions to Kenny's question?
4: Mine was also the King Killer Chronicles, so...
0: It's a good one. Mm-hmm. I've read most of these, and they're all very good. Neil Gaiman does an excellent fairy um so if you've read stardust that's a pretty good interpretation as well beyond that i don't know i'd have to i'd have to think about it it's they are tangential to a lot of the books that i read as you may have guessed um as for what type sort i would personally prefer to deal with honestly I take just about any at this point. I've been, like, trying to get myself abducted by the Fae for a little while now. Just get out of the world for a spell. That's fair. It's looking better and better. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. am I'm not saying that I'm looking for escapism, but if a portal opened up in a, like, grassy glade somewhere, I would probably walk through it. Regardless of what was on the other side. Anyway hope that answers your question, that you are satisfied with that answer, uh, Platinum Patreon member Kenny, and hopefully you write in again soon. Keep up the good work. Our next question comes from Bernadette, uh, asking, I think, me specifically here, have you thought about the background or origin story of Teliferous? Was Teliferous involved in any important historical events, and who was the previous captain? And Bernadette, to you, I will say that these are all excellent questions. Uh, the answer to the first one is yes. The answer to the second two is a secret. It
6: mm-hmm.
0: hey, sounds like that could—that's I mean, uh, feels like those are things that could certainly come up at some point. And... The whether or not you get answers to your questions depends entirely upon the actions of the party. Uh oh. <laughs> well, then, probably not. So. we're not we're not
4: good at following through on
5: things maybe maybe uh desmond could get like abducted or possessed by an old elf like spirit ghost
0: yeah
2: oh like he he goes unconscious in the pilot seat one too many times and then yeah Yeah? there's like a ghost in the shell situation
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'd be down with that that would be vastly entertaining how do you know he hasn't already been possessed well oh, yeah.
3: Lord. I mean
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh did to I give it away? <laughs> anyway, our next question uh comes from Kelly. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. So how does Fallrock feel about rock candy? Oh gosh. This oh. is a... <laughs> Probably
3: pretty good about rock candy. Um Wow, I I <laughs> In all of the rock jokes, we have missed that
0: somehow. For somehow, I mean episodes. that doesn't surprise
3: me. We miss all the obvious stuff, uh-huh. like yeah. we really do. Um, no, that's probably fine. It probably wouldn't eat it around non-dwarves, I guess, because it would give the absolute wrong impression. But
0: I know uh, it, it's good. Love the idea that rock candy is like some big dwarven secret. That <laughs> everybody has to pretend to non-dwarves that they don't like it because it's very stereotypical and like borderline <laughs> racist, but yeah, they secretly yeah. just crave it. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? It's good stuff. <laughs> uh, so that's I've that, I've been waiting for that one to come through for a while. Uh, and then we have two letters for. Or from our good friend Patches. Oh, hey! <laughs> uh, it Hang looks...
3: on. Time out. I have to buckle up first.
0: <laughs> it looks like the first one was intended to be for the DM corner, but sort of missed the deadline there. Let's see. There's a few questions. The first is specifically for this podcast. How much world building was done solo versus based on the backstories of the players versus, quote, Waffle said something stupid and I'm keeping it, end quote. <laughs> Um, A fair bit of this world building was done well before we started the podcast, because I originally d- developed the setting for a different campaign entirely, and that campaign fell flat after, like, three sessions. And I was like, I'm kind of pleased with what I've done, so I'm just going to import it to to the Alchemist Club. Um, I have since done extensive modification for player backstory, and there is not an insignificant amount that is also, like, the players said something silly, and so I'm, you know, appending it or altering things because it's just better than
2: what I had originally. Right. The The biggest one I can think of is probably Jux itself. I don't know what it looked like prior to <laughs> uh, me. <laughs> but I imagine it has undergone a little bit of revision. It has. Actually,
0: all of the sort of areas that people originally came from were developed with significant contributions from their respective players, whether yeah, they're aware of it or not.
3: We've had a lot of conversations about, even like before we got to Dying Gaia, like about mm-hmm. the homeland. So.
2: Right, yeah. This is,
3: this is my time. I have to say it. Okay, so it turns out that <laughs> Joe actually did take my advice on this when we were talking about it. Uh, Halvard is the name of my very first character, so if I'm ever super quiet when talking to him, that's because I'm holding back this, oh man, I would have
0: done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've been
3: very pleased so far, in case you can't tell.
0: Behind the scenes, a lot of Zack's old characters are actually present in Dying Gaia, because Zack always plays a Donkill. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. Uh, this Big question family. is just for the DM. Uh, when a player is solving a puzzle, partaking in the story, or doing something in combat, what is the ratio you allow for? One, this is exactly what I expected to happen. Two, this is possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard, I'll allow it. Or three, that's amazing, go on. <laughs>
5: um, Most of the, mostly the
0: second one. It's mostly the second one, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. I have, particularly with this campaign, adopted sort of a, a more hands-off approach, because... You guys do better work than I could most of the time in this in these situations. Or I'm just like it's it's that meme that's like when your player's about to do something stupid and then the picture is a stop sign but it's half obscured by a bush.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well we've all been doing this long enough to where we're more focused on entertainment purposes than anything
0: else. Yeah. We're here to tell tell you a story and hopefully amuse you in the process
2: so yeah. a different group. i i definitely similarly, like two and three in a healthy <laughs> ratio, one is usually very, very low priority except for you know critical moments yes if you have a if if you have the right group, they'll play along with your story beats anyways, so yeah. you don't yeah. have to worry about that as much
0: with a different group, I probably would be
2: more one and less two and three,
0: but at this point, I typically play d and d with people who are sort of invested in the game rather than, you know, playing to win or just because they like the combat. Yeah. Uh, there's one final question here. How common is it that one player and the DM know something is going to happen or is happening and the others have no idea versus the other players pretending they don't know what is happening? Because we, characters... Uh, we uh, talked we about this. Similar We're things. pretty good about
4: this. We don't and... know what's happening except for the people that... Go wants to know
2: what's happening. Yeah. We, we talked about Players
6: this. at
4: DM.
0: <laughs> I told you.
2: We, ta- we talked about this extensively in the DM corner. <laughs>
0: and I, about... I specifically it was like, I get a lot of guff from people, but you know who I get it from the most? Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually listened to that, so I didn't
4: do, I do
2: know You but... we were hoping we'd spill beans, huh? Um, no, I I was thinking
4: about I was like I think why it bothers me so much is because it's really started since I started DMing,
0: and so since I know everything when I DM, uh, now I'm annoyed I that I don't know everything. <laughs> so see that would dear audience be an excellent excellent uh, topic of conversation if we continue the DM corner and I bring Matt on as a guest. We can we can talk about his experience as an, a brand spanking new dungeon master. I say plugging the show that we have one episode of. <laughs> Uh, So that's it for Patches Letter 1. Patches Letter 2. Episode 128 now. I've heard not one, but two responses to his fan mail. The second write-in turned out even better how I thought it would. Took you guys a long time to respond, though. Like, 80 episodes. I forgive you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um,
0: Thanks, Patches. (laughs) And now his question... What was the first class you played? Why did you pick that class? Mine was Ranger. I chose it because I thought it was going to be this crazy pet army for some reason. It is uh, not. <laughs> no. Yikes. Uh, okay. Well, so I'll
4: I'll just go ahead and get out of the way cuz this was my first it. this was my first uh uh-huh. <laughs> campaign. So this was my first character. And I chose it because I always play the Ranger in Elder Scrolls. So
3: no, that's why. Uh-huh. Alright, I uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess since I already talked about Hallvard, I'll go ahead and start. Hallvard was a barbarian. Um, I remember this was back in 3.5, which is a totally different, much messier system. Um, and barbarians couldn't read. Uh-huh. So I sacrificed skill points so that I could be an educated barbarian. Yep. Um, but I wanted... The, the whole thing was reclaiming the... The throne, the title of the Duke of Onyx. Uh, and gosh, it's been so long. The The original thing is Halvard, the Onyx Duke, is just a play off of Honeydew, who's a character from the Yogs cast, and I was really into Minecraft at the time. That's literally how it all started, is he, I am a dwarf and I'm digging a hole, diggy diggy hole. That That is what started me in d d and I'm not afraid to say it anymore.
0: <laughs> be your best self.
3: Trying to be.
2: Um, so I, uh, my first character technically is a druid in fourth edition, but I was also the DM for that campaign. And uh, oh, no. yeah, no DM player character. It was our first time playing. It was my first time DMing. I was like, well, I guess I'll make a character because why not? And in hindsight, it ended up being a good idea that I made a like true, neutral, passive druid because the party would be like, we all turn to Thorn the Druid and say, what would you do? And I could just be like, hmm, who can say? <laughs> but uh, I eventually retired that character uh, because uh, kids, don't make a PC. It's never worth don't it. Don't do it. Nope. will um, not do it. So I would say my first proper character unless my mind is failing me patches i too have suffered the bane of creating a ranger and then realizing (laughs) that rangers were not nearly as cool as they should be um i think it would have been Sindra isrith in uh really in joe's campaign i'm I, i dm a lot more than i play up until the last few years so um I think that would have been like my first proper player something that wasn't like a one shot or like a little discontinued event. So yeah, um made a ranger was like, oh, pull arm master glaive sentinel. Oh, I should have just been a fighter, huh? <laughs> you I
6: was, did. I was
2: all excited to make this cool like monster hunter, you know, uh, tracking the beasts and learning their weaknesses. No in you know, in fairness,
0: you did do a good job of producing what you were looking for. It just wasn't. It was
2: a lot yeah. more
0: difficult than you originally anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> there were
3: so was, many more hoops to jump
2: through. Yeah, I was uh, I was having troubles. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh
0: huh. Do do count as like
5: actual characters. <laughs> <laughs> still <a> fun
0: character? <laughs> yes, yes, it was a real character. Even if I desperately regret making that book accessible. ah the woes of 3.5 oh it was such a pain I had fun with it you have to tell patches about your character Christopher
5: my character was the most overpowered piece of crap I have (laughs) ever devised (laughs) I spent like a couple hours a day for a month like planning it out and like figuring out which feat would be best and know. Just using the Warblade in 3.5 to its fullest ability because it was a weird. We're gonna try to make fighters uh, at the same character progression as a wizard with more of a yeah a less linear, a little bit more quadratic, exponential growth set. And I could reset the turn. I could attack six times in an action. Yep. <laughs> These other ridiculous, crazy things. I am still scarred. <laughs>
3: I remember <sighs> when uh, I did my, I ran my first campaign, and I brought you and Joe on as the final bosses because uh-huh. I couldn't think of a fitting final boss.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: And you, I don't even know what item it was, but or you like cast Planar Gate or something and summoned your Warblade. Yep. To yep. To fight my level twenty players.
5: Yep.
0: Oh,
3: that,
5: that was we level, didn't 12. A chance. Uh-huh. <laughs> level twelve chance. Uh huh. Level twelve. Yep. <laughs>
0: well, oh my god!
5: I could attack six times, and then that would be my first attack, and then I'd reset the ac- I'd reset yeah. the actions. He'd shuffle himself one move. down in the I'd initiative. I'd shuffle myself one down. God. Yeah, one down from the initiative, and give myself another turn, and then I would just reset it again. It was like, <laughs> like uh-huh. I was moving at light speed. Uh huh. It was
0: disgusting. <sighs> you know, I still have that somewhere. i want to frame it one day. You should. <laughs> you should absolutely frame it. Yeah. it's a work of horrible cubist modern art but it it is a work of art (laughs) yeah uh daniel go
1: my yeah my first character was in the same campaign as that warblade with uh with k-hall and kevin and drew and And ariel and alex um and he was a, uh, I think it was Inaxal Godier was his name, and I, I still have the sheets somewhere as well. He was a drought ninja, and he was the most unimpressive piece of crap uh, <laughs> I ever <laughs> ever played, but only because um, I was playing alongside a sword sage and a Warblade. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
5: well, you were second worst because Drew had an... <laughs> Drew died.
1: <laughs> Drew died like twice. That is... One is a true true neighbor, and one is an alchemist. Yeah, which is that fun. is
0: that is the origin of the name of the Alchemist Club. Is Drew's character <laughs> from that campaign?
1: Yep. Because he could never do more than a D six damage. <laughs> so anytime...
0: and he thrown it
5: up that way. It was a homebrew character, like character class. <laughs> yep, and he him himself from the very beginning. <laughs> his his spells got
1: worse the more he cast them.
0: Wow. So anytime no, this was just no alchemist no nope. was oh my god nope <laughs> So anytime so, anybody rolled yeah. six damage or less so, they were a member of the alchemist club the
5: Arch- <laughs> Yep Yep that was my get that was my bit And I was like hey guys when are we going to meet up to, to do alchemist club stuff And you think so mad <laughs>
1: Yep So in Axel was this um chaotic good drow outcast that like hit his eye you know his his uh racial identity from everybody for like several levels um and then khal's character found out he was a drow and he's like i I remember back like he 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 did some like knowledge history check and remembered that the aquan or aquatic elves had like fought some drow or something and got... Gotten... Yeah, because
5: character was an Atlantean or some shit. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, so they like, like some oh. trade
5: thingy or whatever. I don't remember exactly.
1: I just picture, like, Photoshop, uh, like, angry eyebrows over the Warblades character as he realizes that uh, I was a drow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we were in that elemental tower, Joe, that you had made. Um, I forget what the boss of that was, but we went through, like, six different levels you know fire earth water air negative and positive i think uh-huh. if i'm not mistaken yeah. Um, we were in now. the we were in the water uh, right yep and yeah, the like the warblade was was dying or something and Although, I poured a I, potion I out, but i couldn't die because i could breathe water right yeah but, but... i think you were you were maybe doing death saving rolls but i like yes but I wasn't drowning. Drew's
5: character. No, 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 because yeah. you could,
1: you could breathe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember pouring like a potion, uh, down, or, 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 yeah, in it, in Axel, pouring a potion down. Uh, your war boy character just and he wakes up, and it was just like, okay, you know, uh, blood, blood debt. Now you don't give a shit about uh, the the whole drow thing. Racism
0: so. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Control Z, the angry eyebrows. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 it was a fun character. I mean, you you tried to kid him out quite a bit, Joe, with like random magical. Items, I remember you like had boot- slippers of spider climbing. Spider climbing and uh, like a kook of like a frost kukri on a chain. Um, I think it was a keen one as well. Um, yep. So i had like a better crit crit range. Oh, the days but uh there a...
3: multiple magic multipliers on weapons
1: mm-hmm. i just i just like the idea of going invisible I, it was like a rogue but with um it was you had a key pool and you could
0: use those uh points to yeah go it was invisible like a cross between a rogue and a monk
1: so it was an interesting character but not all that strong at least in that campaign it wasn't yeah, was three point five had balance so was, issues. Yeah. Like, let's just let's be frank
3: about that. Three point five had hella balance issues. So stuff could be really cool and fun to play, and then your buddy could just play something from a different book, printed at a different time, and just do twice as much as you with half the effort. Yep. And that's just how three point five was.
1: Yep. Yep. And we we didn't have a sorcerer or a wizard or like any big casters in that party. No, we just had. Room. We just had a sword page <laughs> and a warblade.
0: Tome of the blade. No thank you. <laughs> just say no. Yep. Just say no. Okay. Um, I will do mine real quick, because we've been answering fan letters for 31 minutes. Um, my first character ever was, and this you may want to sit down for it, he was a wizard. Huh. Whoa, really? I know. Absolutely shocking. Uh, this was back in the Murky year of 2005. Was it 20, 2005? It was. It was like winter of either 2004 or like January, February of 2005. I don't remember. Um, I started D anD D in high school. Uh, and he was literally just like the bog standard first level, 3.5 wizard. There was nothing special about him, and he lasted like two sessions before we gave up on the starter set um so not very exciting as it turns out (laughs) i'm trying to think
3: you didn't make your first character based off of a meme you liked so you know
0: memes didn't exist back then
3: (laughs) (laughs) this is a pre-meme era the game existed back in 2005 memes existed Uh,
1: now it's a times.
0: premium area era. Ooh, um, but yeah, I like. I have a lot more characters than I've actually played because. I started playing in. High school. I made a second wizard when we actually started playing more sort of in earnest, who was very stereotypical like evocation specialist. Um, At least it wasn't <coughs> illusions. Yes. And um, once, you know, I graduated high school and went on to, to college, I sort of became more or less the full-time dungeon master. So it is, it's rare for me to play a character long enough to, like, get properly attached to them. Uh, the earliest one that comes to mind immediately being, of course, Julian, the wild mage sorcerer from from Zach's campaign love Julian good times all right so patches there you go uh dear audience I apologize for the fully half an hour of of opening fan letters here
3: it's the definitely not mailbox episode there's content here we swear yeah
0: we're we're about to start the content uh please do write in more um so we can do this again sometime and if you haven't go and listen to the DM's corner and let us know what you think, because I kind of really want to do more of those. Uh,
2: right. Fan letter's done. Who wants to give us a recap of what
0: happened, yay, those many weeks past?
2: We are in Gaia the city of Falrock's ancestors, uh, ruled over by the Duke of Onyx. We had just finished slaying a number of lava elementals for them, after which we returned... Uh, explained to them that the lava elementals were being summoned by the sound of forging. And we recommended perhaps some kind of silence and to prevent that. I went and I looked it up later. I didn't actually know this until just uh, when I looked it up, but silence is apparently a ritual spell. Uh-huh. And I, I don't think I've ever cast it as a ritual before. Um, but uh, with a, a uh, duration of ten minutes and a ritual time of ten minutes. One person can maintain perpetual silence, which I thought was interesting. Um, but after we delivered our stuff to the foreman, we uh, stopped back in briefly talked to the duke. He's like, "Oh, good job!" And we asked if there were anybody else that we could perhaps assist to increase our odds of getting approval from the council, who are meeting in just a couple of days to discuss. Us and the mountain home and all sorts of other things related to the heist that's gonna happen. And uh going to the Brewers Guild. Yes, that's right. I couldn't remember, thank you. Um Yeah, we we're gonna go see what the Brewers Guild has in store for the crew of teliferous. I bet it's an adventure of some description. Oh God, if I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like what's this useless currency? Hello, can I get some electrum please? Hmm, <laughs> electrum is a useful currency. Just Yeah, yeah. no, I, like it's more useful than
0: Ethereum. <laughs> Ethereum. So, the brewer's guild. Uh, yeah, we
2: wake up, we go we had taken a long rest at Teliferous because Ched was basically a bunch of bone splinters and Laylin <laughs> was uniformly cooked. Yep. And uh, they're all rested, we're all recovered, I've got all my spell slots, and uh, yeah, let's go pay a visit to the Brewers. Alright, you make your
0: way to the Brewers Guild, which occupies a fairly large portion of uh, its, its, you know, sort of district. <clears throat> you suspect that this is because dwarves have a great fondness for... Their ales and whiskies, <laughs> uh, but yeah, large stone building. You can see that there's a lot of tubing and um, pipes that sort of oh. exits and then re-enter um, the various tube. Absolutely, uh, the various apparatuses associated with fermentation and distillation. Um, all these things are uh, are visible. And you go inside. All right. Look over at Desmond. I was
4: like, you know, I told you it would have been like, this would have been like the closest thing to heaven
5: right <laughs> here. Like, I'm trying to look at my character sheet to see if I remember to buy that copper still I was talking about. You did, yes.
0: Okay. Thank
5: God. Then I've already been here and talked to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they, like, the, the dwarf at the desk sort of waves at Desmond, welcome back.
5: Just give them a kind of a thumbs up, and it's like, "Hey guys, get your uh, got your lava under control for the moment."
0: <laughs> That's a relief. You would not believe how annoying those minor guild members uh, were—just whining nonstop about giant lava monsters and loss of equipment. And come on, like it's just a few Worth. forges.
5: <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. Well, we uh, we set them straight down there. I'm not sure if going to be a short term or a long term fix yet but uh kind of what we came to talk to you guys about. Oh, like, yes. No,
3: no, we're we're here to talk about if they have job opportunities that yes. need done. <laughs> we're capable adventurers.
5: Uh, oh. Okay, we 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 did the long term fix. Now we need short term <laughs> jobs. The opposite of a good economy.
2: The Duke of Onyx said that perhaps you could use some assistance. Oh, yes. Uh Guildmaster
0: Merrymaster and I now regret this particular choice. Oh person. no, I love that. Um, uh, has you... has definitely said that he's looking for someone to to investigate. Although he would prefer if it was somebody with a bit of expertise in the the brewer's arts.
2: Well, um, you can tell Master Master that we've got a couple people on our crew that are uh, more than capable. <clears throat>
0: I will do so. And they scurry off to uh, through a back door, returning a moment later with uh, Thin Dead Merry Master in tow.
2: I bow graciously to Eminem.
0: <sighs> right. I hope you have a backup character ready.
2: <laughs> I always
0: do. <laughs> now is the hour of Famish the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> ah, unk! Um, who peers at you over a pair of thick spectacles and says yes uh, you are you're here because I was uh, looking for some assistance I are any of you brewers
2: yourselves all eyes turn to Desmond I think I, Fallrock is kind of I, I assume Falrock like knows a thing or two but like
5: I know, I know good ale Used to oh, yeah. uh, used to make a cider on the ship a long time ago.
0: Uh-huh.
5: We're get some apples, but it was mostly to keep the vitamin C in us.
0: I'll let that one slide. Um, <laughs> he looks you up and down and says, Well, I suppose it can't hurt to have a fresh set of eyes, or five sets of eyes, as the case may be. Take a look at things. Um if you'll just come this way, and he gestures for you to follow him down a a lengthy corridor into the actual brewing portion of the guild house, which is a large, spacious room that contains a uh, a lot of the necessary machinery for the production of alcoholic beverages. And he goes over to a... Rack of bottles and pulls one off and uh, removes the the cork and pours some into a tiny glass and uh, sort of holds it out for for one of you to take and says, "Give this a whiff and see if you can tell me what's wrong with it." Ooh, ooh. give it here. <laughs> I just down it. What what happened? <laughs>
5: oh
6: <my>
0: god.
5: <laughs> well. <laughs> Hope you've got a backup character ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just lead poisoning, fine. <laughs> Desmond, you uh, you take a shot, and this is it is foul tasting, like worse than the worst grog that you ever had when you were sailing the ever sea. It is oh my god, sour. It is bitter. It has undertones of skunk to it um you feel your tongue sort of shrivel and recoil from the taste um
2: i I know some hipsters who would pay for this experience
1: like Like somebody pickle the skunk
2: yeah
5: this one one swallows it down and goes man i've drinking baileys from a merman's shoe before but that has to be the worst (laughs) thing i've ever
0: had
2: Why does a mermaid have a shoe? Oh, a no.
0: Shoe? Oh, no. Oh, you sweet, innocent no, no, no. children. <laughs> There's the fish on top. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. oh, no. As a quick aside, I have been watching the Great British Bake Off uh, through the pandemic, and Noel Fielding is one of the hosts now and i had a moment of serious cognitive dissonance when i found out that he was the person who played old greg yeah
2: yeah <laughs> if you if you have not seen it yet um noel fielding is a contestant in one of the seasons of taskmaster and he is incredible he is just an absolutely like fantastic person and he's
0: hilarious and i love him a whole bunch um <laughs> but yes so this This you're not sure exactly what kind of alcohol it's supposed to be, even, like what what sort of drink this was intended to be. For God. Um, (laughs) what it was distilled from. Yeah. It goes Can (laughs) I sniff it and do like a nature check to see? Not just breathe in your (laughs) face. Yeah. Desmond walks over just (sighs) And uh, go ahead and make your nature check. Desmond, this this travels down your esophagus and it sits in your stomach like a lead ball. Ugh. Nice. Total twenty four. So. be fun coming out. Um, <clears throat> whatever. Whatever is causing this booze to taste the way it does is not anything that normally is consumed by a sentient being. Ugh. I say that's unnatural. <laughs> that's a much more <laughs> succinct way of saying what I said, but yeah. Um, as in, as in.
1: Unnatural, or is it just like poisonous? Like no being typically just drinks
0: poison. Desmond um, acting poisoned. I will ask you to make a Constitution saving throw for me, Desmond. Yeah, I actually have detect oh, poison. No. No. While that he's really doing mean. that, oh, no. I'm going to
1: cast that.
0: Okay. Eleven. Um, Desmond, you are feeling a little bit tripped out. Um, oh. Okay. Oh, like My husbands like, oh, this is familiar. Like, um, it's kind of like you're drunk, but without any of the motor issues that are associated with heavy drinking. It's all sensory. These are all benefits. <laughs> I see nothing wrong with this.
2: Um, they were trying to make kombucha, and they did a great oh, and terrible oh, job. Oh. Um.
0: So, <laughs> did you guys ferment my mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Ched, your your spell detects no poison or disease. Okay. Leyland, huh. um, you are largely unfamiliar with like you. You know that it's not right. You know that there is something wrong with this alcohol. Uh, something has gone wrong during the the brewing process, you are unable to place exactly what it is. And the uh, Merry Master is staring at Desmond with an absolutely horrified expression on his face.
5: (laughs) (laughs) I imagine Desmond's face is just going from, like, happy smiles, big stupid grin, to, like, horror as he watches the shadow people run backwards upside down on the the ceiling. (laughs) Oh,
2: God. <clears throat> uh when did this start happening?
0: A couple months ago. It's been a, a very slow process. Um huh. we originally had a batch that was you know, the flavor profile was slightly off and we attributed it to, you know, heavy rainstorms at the time. Um but it has been getting progressively worse and we are we find that it's mostly entirely if i recall the records right uh things that are being fermented off-site at a a particular storage warehouse
2: okay well that answers one question um i suppose we'll have to go there. Uh, could we get maybe a key from you or a letter of introduction maybe so we can investigate properly i'd hate to get arrested by security guards well-meaning as they are he i would hate to get arrested (laughs) yes he that. pulls a
0: a business card out of out of a pocket and scribbles something on the back and The
2: unspoken subtext here is I would hate to injure a bunch of security guards trying <laughs> to arrest me. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, we know.
2: He <laughs> scribbles
0: something on the back of it and hands it to Falrock. Right. And he says it's it's, you know, he gives you directions to it essentially. Um and he says you're you're certainly welcome to take a look around. Um, there aren't too many staff on site there, as we usually keep it locked up. But someone will have a key for you. Okay.
2: Uh, before we go, is does that warehouse produce a particular kind of alcohol? Like one <laughs> drink? Is it like just whiskey, or this was uh, has this been happening to a bunch of different stuff? It's where we primarily ferment our our
0: longer aged beers. Okay.
2: Okay. But has it happened to things that are not beer? This putrification. We have not
0: attempted to ferment anything else there and in fact we are we are currently down to a few barrels that were supposed to be uh bottled 2 years from now and we're hoping that they have not been contaminated, but it is a slim hope. I see. All right,
2: go, yeah, uh, let's go check out a warehouse.
5: I go up the yeah. bar, and go, do you have to ask the man in the hat if I can come with you? And I just point to the empty corner. <laughs> he says, I can't leave until you ask if it's okay.
3: No, it's okay. You're coming with us. But he's still staring at me. Yeah, well, you look <laughs> kind of funny to He says, I can't come with you. Well, he's wrong.
2: <laughs> I, I can't go until you ask him. Listen to your father, Desmond <laughs> look, cool to
4: get rid
3: of I,
2: I turn I turn towards the corner and
3: I just go, look, he's coming with us. You got a problem, take it up with me.
0: <laughs> okay. Here, let's De- go. Desmond's pretty satisfied with that. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Uh Farrock make a dexterity saving throw? Uh
6: excellent.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh that is a 14
0: okay uh as you're walking a uh like a chair tips over like there's a dwarf sitting in it and he's like leaning back a little bit and then he kind of jerks backward and it tips over in front of your in front of where you're walking and you like dance out of the way and he's like what the hell is that I was just something kicked my chair uh but this is a perfect like nobody pays him any mind obviously he just tipped too far back it's normal it's fine
2: silly uncoordinated dwarf i i help him up and i dust him off and i say be more careful next time friend
3: say desmond what did the the man in the corner look like
5: he looked like a man in a hat Uh and he had a pinstripe suit on and a fedora Except, hmm. you know, I didn't use those words to describe it because how would Desmond <laughs> know what a pinstripe suit and a fedora <laughs> look like? Okay. Gotcha. Hmm.
2: It's, uh, it sounds like Desmond is severely impaired if he's seeing striped clothing. That would be ridiculous. Who would wear stripes? <laughs> Prisoners? We should probably go check out this warehouse.
3: Yeah, let's go check it
6: out.
2: Okay. Uh, you go to. How far... By off-site, how
4: far. Are we leaving Dying Gaia or It's in Jux. <laughs> oh
0: <my God>. uh, <laughs> it's yeah, two week journey. Um no, it's like a half hour walk away. Just oh. in a warehouse that they uh they they age a lot of their stuff for ferment off site because they uh they don't have the space for it in the actual guild hall itself. And you arrive. right. Life. Let's go. And there is a board-looking dwarf, uh, sort of sitting in a a little booth outside the entry to the. It's like um, it's like a storage park almost. You know, like a big fenced-in area that has a bunch of storage units in it. Okay. Um, there's a board-looking it's like dwarf. Like a little guard shack. Yeah, he's sitting there. He's got a, a paperback novel. What's he reading? You don't speak dwarven.
2: <laughs>
0: I ask him what reading? he's reading. <clears throat> what? Oh. Oh, this. It's that's the uh the latest <laughs> Mudstone novel, you know, Chronicles of Onyx, book ninety-seven.
1: What's the <laughs> what genre me. is that?
0: Uh well <laughs> depends on where you are in his in his bibliography. Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's this one's uh a cross between high fantasy and and uh heist units. no no <laughs> what kind of a what kind of a dwarf do you take me for <laughs> uh,
1: a dwarf of culture
0: yes he says
2: waving the book at you i I shrug as we walk past and say yeah I, I'm just more into Brandon sand and stone, personally. <laughs> <laughs> sand and stone! Uh huh. I didn't
3: realize we were already up to 96. Oh, it's been so long since I've actually had time to read.
0: Yep. I have to mark this name off my list. Remember, Brandon Stone. We have no
5: money, we run into deficit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Okay. Welcome back. Sorry. So, um, um, yeah, well, we present the the card and then explain that we're here to check on the barrels. Uh, he sort of
0: waves you through, uh, says, Warehouse 52. That was
6: easy.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what, Leyland, I think it's about time that things went a little easier for us, you know? We, we deserve it. Or it's a trap. (laughs) Or it's a trap. Um. Why not both? In, in which case, Fallrock will be entering the building first. And, (laughs) after Fallrock enters, we all go in, regardless of what we find. (laughs) <laughs> i <laughs> enter the building and we all pile through the door immediately
1: i thought it was a fe- is it not a fenced in like so you what i'm looking for um go
0: ahead you like the fe- complex the comp the is around like all of these warehouses as a as a whole um so you you show your thing to the guard he waves you in and you are now inside the the fence and it's just a series of storage units. Does it start at warehouse one? Yes. Damn it. Um, is there a map? Do we need a map to find this warehouse? No. It's very neatly organized.
2: Alright. Yeah, we go up. Yep. Good on the doors for laying things out in a way that is clear and efficient.
0: Um, yes. You arrive at warehouse 52 that is the number that I said, right? Yes, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. You, arrive written in... you arrive at the appropriate warehouse and um, there at are warehouse forty five. Don't do this to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, so we're walking up to warehouse forty two and
0: um, there are so there's there's uh, a little bit of um like a work area sort of set up outside. And there's a, a dwarf sitting there with a ledger book, and he's just sort of paging through it, morosely. Did, did the other, warehouses have dwarves posted in front of them? Some of them do.
1: Okay. Said that the uh, the person said that there was gonna be
4: someone to l- at least let us in. So. Great. Yeah. I uh
2: I tip my hat as we're on our way past. Um, for some reason I have dressed up like a government inspector.
5: You've got a fire marshal with you.
2: It's fine. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Uh, I you... hand the card over to uh, the business card over to the dwarf that's got the ledger and say, "Yeah, we're supposed to be looking into the problems going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that?"
0: Oh well, yes. I I've, I've been working here for some time, and uh we were unbarreling, and you know, originally it was just minor minor flavor issues, which is. You know, within within margins, acceptable margins of flavor differentials. Uh, you know, a little bit more sour than is usual, but things started to get worse, and eventually we, you know, we were un unbarreling things, and it was just like rotting meat inside the barrels. It smelled really terrible. Uh, what? You know, these things have progressed since then, and we we just have you know five or six barrels in there now. We're kind of worried about. Mm-hmm. Tapping them and, but, they're supposed to be in there for a couple more years. I shudder to think what they'll taste like when we finally let them out.
5: Bad, because I'm assuming it's I'm still tripping. There's
2: like, here hell. for sure, <laughs> and I, uh, I put out my cigarette under my boot <laughs> and uh, I walk over and I say, "I'm gonna need to see some ID from you, pal. How long you been working here? You got any kids?" He does not speak common. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh well. Then I don't know what he was saying this whole time. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just pacing back and forth, going through a pack of smokes, uh, flipping through my little. Uh, I got one of those detective notebooks.
0: But instead of mm-hmm. cigarettes, it's just like a series of branches that Terajek lights on fire with sparks. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I'm just like I'm just playing with the smoke, and um, I'm I'm doing my best to look like a hard-boiled government detective.
0: Um, so yeah, the okay, yeah, the dwarf addresses all of this to Falrock, who mm-hmm. is the only person who can understand i'll
3: translate right. it i'm not I'm not that guy,
0: yeah uh Desmond, you are um, you're sobered up a little bit, like the walk kind of. You are sweating profusely, and it's, like, (laughs) in addition to your normal mucus production, Uh, and it does not smell good.
1: (laughs) He's just, like, (laughs) dripping. Oh,
2: no. Yeah. Most Uh, of my efforts here are just... Always trying to be upwind of Desmond. No, here's, <laughs> yeah.
0: here's what you do, is you essentially hotbox him. You create a little sphere of wind so, that always like
2: a, a vortex.
0: points the smell inward. I'm
1: just constantly <laughs> casting Druidcraft on him so he smells like flowers. There you go.
2: We're gonna so, need something stronger than Druidcraft.
1: <laughs> so, I saw this TikTok the other
5: day, and it was this guy's like, I wiped my I wiped my butt with my hand and it smelled clean. So is my butt cleaned or do I have COVID nineteen? <laughs> <laughs> like one of those. <laughs> like, am I actually fine or <laughs> do I have COVID? God. what <laughs> um, <laughs> so made me think of that. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
4: um, I, I tell Frawl rock Ask him. If, was there anything that looked out of the ordinary about the barrels before you opened them? Like, did they look tampered with?
3: Yeah, have there been any break-ins as well? I, I relay Leland's
1: question.
0: No, not really. They're, they, they seemed perfectly normal. Um, Do you brew by any magical means? We are proud of not having any magical interference in our in our drinks. There are some other people especially home brewers will use magic to accelerate or alter their flavor profiles but everything we do here in the brewers guild is 100 percent authentic non-magical alcohol
2: like that okay um well let's take a look inside then okay
1: yeah
2: yeah we go in and i actually
1: lead the way to rule out like some kind of uh like, let's say somebody carved a rune into a pipe or something to try and spoil ingredients to, you know... Although this was like... It, it sounded like a gradual process. Like, they didn't all just spoil immediately. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So it's an incremental change, whatever it is. And it's only um,
2: happening at this site.
1: So I, just to rule out a magic source, I'm, I'm going to cast detect magic inside the warehouse
0: okay um you do so and you do not detect any magic
4: okay uh one more question for him how many how many uh workers handle like the mixing and everything that would be like around barrels as they are being filled and like you know are actually part of the, the the process that's process. the
0: process all the mixing etc is done at the guild hall and then the barrels are transported here for storage while they're fermenting or aging oh. the answer there's only
3: there barrels that. that are stored here that are having the issue
2: yes
0: okay
2: okay how big is this warehouse when we go inside like when
1: when did the party? when did the first difference in flavor profile change
2: uh, you said it was a couple months a
0: couple months back couple of
1: months. did anything else change around here in the last couple of months like did somebody get fired um, did you you know did you have a run in with some competitor like did anything significant happen a couple of months ago around the same time or a little an bit before did
2: wit curse
0: you <laughs> <laughs> no everything was pretty business as usual for us i we did we did go over and interview everybody who was working on site at the time.
1: Can you write up a list of their names and give it to us later.
0: You can access that information at the guild hall if the guild master feels it's pertinent to your investigation
1: okay where do you get
0: the where do you get the barrels from uh he We get them from the Coopers Guild, of course. Job making him have to remember where barrels are made. Yeah, I <laughs> who makes <laughs> barrels? I, yeah. I know there's a term for this profession. <laughs> I think it's cooper. It's cooper. Yeah, yeah. I would have corrected mm-hmm. you. Okay, thank you. Cooperage. Yeah. <clears throat> Can I help you with anything else?
2: I can't. No, guess we're good. good. I think let's that's let's about
6: go. it. Yeah. Let's
2: go. Take like a, right a look, see all right and i uh I open the door nice and slowly he opens the door for you because he oh. has the key <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> um
0: and inside you see it's it's about 25 feet wide by 50 feet long um there are a lot of shelves that are currently empty there's one shelf near the door that has five barrels on it.
2: Okay. And otherwise empty, or? Uh, yeah.
0: There's, like, it's very much an air of, like, this place used to be busy and is not anymore because of the troubles.
2: Right. Mm. Okay. Um, before uh, I, like, hold out my arms, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa before anyone goes in there, Leyland should look for tracks in the dust. I
4: mean, considering they've emptied a bunch of barrels out, I'm probably oh. gonna find a lot of tracks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> there
0: isn't, really, yeah, what if, there isn't what even a non dwarf. Like, it's been swept pretty pretty immaculately clean.
2: Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh I go up to one of these barrels and I knock on it.
0: It sounds like a barrel full of liquid.
2: Ah, huh, interesting. <laughs>
1: um I will are these sealed?
0: Leave... Can you, like,
1: smell them from the outside
0: in places? No, they are okay. absolutely sealed.
2: Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm going to let everyone else do the sort of investigation down low. I'm going to fly up into the rafters and look for clues up there. I'm going to, like, look around on the rafters to see if any, like, weird voodoo effigies have been placed there or... You know, if anyone has carved runes like Chad was talking about, um, even though Magic sh- Detect Magic should have picked him up, but who knows? Yeah, what was um,
1: what was this land before? Like, has this always been Dwarven land? Why is, is it? An are we
2: Dragon
0: burial ground? An
1: ancient Elven, you know, <laughs> graveyard? Yeah.
0: The fortress of Dying Gaia has been the homestead of the Onyx Duchy and the Donk Hills for nearly a millennium. So, it technically is an ancient dwarven so like burial
1: ground. A couple generations.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I
1: guess I'll roll an investigation check just generally without. I, I don't know what to look for specifically just yet. Okay. 15?
0: Alright. Uh, Waffle, what did you get on yours?
2: Uh, my. Oh, a nat 20. Uh, oh. So that is a, uh, twenty-one. Okay, packing uh, that big int
0: score. Hell yeah! Is anybody else doing any kind of uh, investigation or looking for anything in particular? Or yeah, I mean, I was gonna
4: look around the the, the, the five barrels specifically, and, and looking at the barrels themselves to see if any, you know, anything yeah, seems off about it.
0: Uh, Desmond, I would like you to make a perception check for me, please. Okay. I'm good at those, because i have wisdom.
4: I got a total of 23.
0: Okay. So So we've got Ched doing general investigations, we've got Terajux doing ceiling investigations, Leyland is doing barrel investigations, Desmond is doing shadow person investigations. (laughs) Um, Okay. Farrok, are you up to anything in particular? Um...
3: I think we've kind of got our bases covered. Um, I guess I want to see if, like, you know what, sure, I'll check the walls. Why not? Because if there's, like, draft or something like that, that could affect things, I guess.
2: Yeah, stone cunning. Oh, just starts yeah. walking
3: up
4: and down the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: I just, I'm tapping him with my feet instead of knocking on them. I'm just yeah. walking on the walls. And you will get an advantage. Uh, you will make this roll with advantage because you are a dwarf and it is stone cunning oh yeah uh
3: that is still only an 11 wow
0: tragic um okay so know, four. here's what happens in no particular order one desmond you're standing inside uh standing inside the doorway and looking around and the shadow people uh looks like they won't come in here um they're like all clustered and hanging down from the door frame, but they're not like they won't go inside. You also feel kind of nostalgic. Like there's a, a faint sense of of like warm comfort. But you quite, That's suspicious. can't quite put your finger on. It's very suspicious. Um Terra up on the ceiling with your natural twenty. Yeah. I can Um, see everything! (laughs) Beams of light shine (laughs) forth from your eyes! No. Ah! Um, You notice... It's my thing. Yes. (laughs) There is a faint discoloration on some of the stones uh, sort of directly over the center. So, I guess I neglected to mention this warehouse. It's 25 by 50. There's a large stone pillar in the center of the room that's sort of supporting the ceiling. Uh huh. There's a faint discoloration on the stones at the top of this pillar. Uh, yeah. Ched, you notice the same at the base. Um, Lailan, But only
1: at the base?
0: Yes. Uh, Lailan, like, oh,
1: like it. oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Uh, Lailan, there is nothing particularly, like, incongruous or out of the ordinary about these barrels far off you don't notice anything with your your 11
1: fair
0: okay Okay. go ahead ched your question
1: so is it the pillar is it's not solid concrete it's it's a there's it's a stack of stones right yes okay how many stones or bricks high is this ring and is it like a continuous ring like a full solid ring around the pillar
0: the discoloration? Um, yeah. It's mostly on one side, and it goes, like, six inches up from the ground. What? Like, how?
1: Okay. What color is the stone, No, normally?
0: It is stereotypical gray stone.
1: Okay. And the discoloring is just, like, kind of washed out?
2: Yes. Okay. But on either the bottom or the top, there's no, like, residue or anything. Uh, as you
0: look at it more closely, Jux, you like this—the uh, discoloration up on the ceiling is a faint sort of yellow-green color.
2: Hmm. Um, I'll I'll fish out like a dagger or something and try to s- take like a scraping or like a sample. Yeah, it is comes there...
0: it comes right off on on the edge okay. of your knife.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll collect a little bit of that into like uh some storage device that i have um i i take one of my false mustache boxes and i empty out all the mustaches in it and i <sighs> i sweep in some of these flakes uh-huh there's a pile of like 75 mustaches on the floor no fall it rains mustaches
0: on chad <laughs> one lands on I the edge of his beak and it looks quite dashing
2: <laughs> and I go, found something, and I don't elaborate as mustaches <laughs> fall everywhere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, But yeah, I'll, after I grab some samples, I'll uh, reconvene with the group. Okay. You reconvene with the group. Uh, and
4: I'm I to smell it to see if it smells like the
0: uh
2: Yeah. The yeah, Bad I think Leyland's got the keenest sense, so I'll I'll start by holding up the box and be like, uh, "What? What do you think of this?" Make a perception check.
0: Uh, total seventeen. It does not smell anything like the beer, but it does smell vaguely familiar. You can't quite put your finger on that either. Um,
1: I'll give it a smell as well. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. with like, I don't know, knowledge nature. Nope, smells are perception.
6: <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Or this particular smell is anyway. Okay. Eighteen. Same thing as, as Leolin. Like you you feel like you've smelled this before, but you're not entirely sure well where. It's a very earthy smell. Earthy. Hmm. Trying to see what smells, so Anybody else want to want to smell Terajux's dagger?
3: Sure, I'll give it a whiff. Why not?
2: Maybe maybe a taste. I feel like a taste. Oh way.
3: Lord, let's not no. taste this thing.
2: Desmond, get over here.
3: A no, cavern. no, no.
2: Shadow people won't come in the door. I really don't know suspicious. what that means. Ask them why.
3: It's a total of twenty from me.
0: Oh. Um. You are there's like there's a sense memory attached to this smell but you also are having a hard time putting your finger on it like you know that you have smelled this before you get the impression of being underground or like in the dark but you cannot you cannot put your finger on anything else that's attached to it oh
3: what was this about shadow people not coming in the
5: door all the shadow people that have been following us that have been you know you know, casually looking over my shoulder all the time as we were walking here, or just kind of huddled by the door, they won't come inside, which is incredibly suspicious.
3: Okay, have they talked to you at all?
5: No. Have they said anything?
3: They just watch.
2: That's that's not how shadow people operate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, rock. Duh. (laughs) Uh, I was only able to get a 15 on perception, so I probably don't get it. Yeah,
0: no, you definitely don't. Actually, you Mm. don't even really have a good, like... It's not even really triggering any kind of. Yeah, I, I smell this.
2: I'm like, this this isn't a smell. Yeah, <laughs> it smells like dirt. Yeah, um, I keep it on hand because maybe I can make this smell with prestidigitation later, and that'll be fun. But we'll try. Let's try the warehouse attendant, and I'll also oh. cast
1: detect poison on it just to make sure it's not poison.
0: It is decidedly not poison. Okay, so let's
1: let's try him. See if it's a. Um, it's an agent or, or something that
2: he's familiar with.
4: Yeah, okay. Um, I'm thinking let's take it back to Basil.
2: Yeah. That's... Oh, yeah. We have like a botanical analysis lab, probably. we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Basil's a scientist. So is so Ivy. So is, oh, is Ivy. Yeah. yeah. They probably got like a whole. They're going to pull out like a whole set of It's got like a Bunsen burner and, like, an Erlenmeyer flask, it's, and, like, a long... You're just using high it's,
5: school
2: it's, science, science. Well, yeah, It's one-for-one
0: it's one, the, like, <laughs> chemistry scene from The Great Mouse Detective.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, That's yes. very specific. They're gonna, they're gonna get out some pH strips. It's gonna be great. Oh, my God. You take it
0: outside. Um, Desmond, the Shadow People watch the the dagger proceed outdoors with great interest. Huh. Oh boy. Shadow people. I, uh,
2: I present my mustache box full of flakes to uh, the dwarf and I have Falrock translate and explain uh, what is required of him. Yep, and I if, so. he deta- if he recognizes this stonk.
0: He says, oh yeah, that's uh, we were having some, some issues with uh, sort of like lichen or, or some such growing on the uh, the stonework, there was a, a barrel spill that we think uh, sort of contributed to it, but we've since cleaned all of it up uh, as much of it as we could reach, anyway. Ah. Oh.
2: Okay. Some kind of weird fungus.
1: Fun- fungus among us?
3: Yeah, like fungus our... There...
2: Did you have a leak in the ceiling recently? Well, it sounds like it spread up to the ceiling and then they just couldn't get up there to clean it. Well, how? Why is it at the base and at the top? Because they were able to clean the middle. I don't know. Oh,
1: uh, mm. well, so we don't know like that the, the stain at be... the
2: base. We don't know that the stain at the base is from the same thing because it was like a different discoloration. Right. The one up at the top is kind of like a yellowish. The one yeah. down at the bottom was just was like just a... Was just faded. A, yeah. yeah. Like, maybe they used a bunch of really powerful cleaning agents, and it kind of leached into the stone. I don't know. All right. I let think, me... Uh, this would be let, really to 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 let me check it for magic. Let me about. see if it's magical. Okay. I, I go in with a pair of tweezers, and I take a single flake out, and I go to put it on Desmond's oh. tongue.
5: I I hit your hand, and I stick... Uh, I stick my tongue
0: to the side of the dagger okay identify. <clears throat> um, your your spell does not do anything in particular and in fact before you are able to cast it uh, when when this substance comes in contact with your mucous membrane which is I suppose functionally your entire body <laughs> uh, your skin um you are you're transported everybody else you see desmond's pupils expand oh (laughs) no (laughs) um and now you
3: can see in nine dimensions
0: mushroom people like heavily dilated
6: i'm
3: thinking
0: oh no and desmond you uh you go into the warehouse and you sort of pat that central pillar um and you eventually find a brick that shifts and you pull it out and there's, the pillar is hollow and it goes down on the inside. I can see colors. <laughs> <laughs> I've measured my butt crack three times. It keeps
2: getting bigger. i splitting in two. <laughs> yep. Uh, I have so many questions, but they will have to wait. Uh. <laughs> We follow Desmond down into the dark. <clears throat> Wait, is
3: is the pillar like does it have a staircase inside of it hollow, or is it just like a pipe hollow? It's like a pipe hollow. Uh, okay. I,
2: I asked the warehouse attendant if that's intentional. I go, hey, is this thing supposed to be hollow? What? No, that's supposed to be solid stone. Hmm, well you might want to go talk to whoever whatever contractor you uh Asked to put this in because they definitely stiffed you on materials i, and, I will definitely uh... do
0: so <laughs> Desmond do yeah. you enter do you enter the pillar
5: you should well, yeah if... absolutely
0: all right it well that... it's a good <laughs> it's a good thing it feels like you're coming home um, yeah oh no you step into it and there's like a gentle curve and you slip the inside is kind of slippery and you just kind of uh slide down. Okay. And you are deposited at the at the bottom. Is anybody following him?
2: Yes. I Absolutely. jump down and go woohoo.
4: Okay. Yep. Way on the Desmond Asm trip we go.
0: <laughs> Fall rock. Farrock.
3: Fall uh fine is there I, you know what? I'm gonna take my fifty feet of rope. Uh-huh, or no, my two fifty feet of rope. I'm gonna tie them together and I'm gonna tie them around the barrels that are still here. Well,
2: just tie it around the pillar
6: it
3: but we're okay, all right, I tie it into the pillar that we're then going to jump down inside of sure and, and then i I jump down with the rope
0: okay, and Chad right down uh
1: or or jump down with no particular sound or anything okay
0: you try to like swish so that you don't touch the sides
1: i'm just i've got my wings out just a little bit so i can fall slowly and then i'm using my talons to scrape my way down a little bit
0: okay you are all deposited at the bottom of this slide uh desmond is looking up in absolute wonder an expression of ecstatic bliss on his face and you see Stretching out before you, oh, mountain. Uh, a canyon, canyon, a cavern, that mm-hmm. is filled with enormous mushrooms, being tended by mushroom people.
2: Uh, Here we go again. Canyon.
0: And I think that's gonna gonna be the end of our episode because I, we've been we've been going for an hour and a half. I thought I'd you know actually give our listeners an <laughs> episode's worth of content instead of. Content. Uh, You know, just uh, fan letters. Such generosity. So we're going to stop there. Um, I've been Joe, your host and Dungeon Master, for another thrilling D&D adventure. Uh, If you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com. We are available on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, Matthew, what are our socials? Find us at the alchemist underscore club on Twitter and at the alchemist club on TikTok. Thank you. And I am once again, going to just remind you if you haven't listened to the DMS corner, uh, and you think that would be even remotely interesting to you, please do, because I'm very curious to know whether our audience would like to hear more things like that. Uh, this would not be in place of your regularly scheduled alchemist club content. It would be, sort of bonus episodes, uh when and where we can find the time to record them. Um but very curious to know what you think of that. Um our Intrepid adventures today were
1: Daniel playing Jetfle. Hey all playing Desmond. I'm Zach and I play Falrock.
0: Matt and I play layla
2: Waffle playing TarJux. Thanks for joining us.